So the Pharisees gave oral tradition equal authority to the word of God, where the Sadducees were more conservative in doctrinal areas, insisted on literal interpretation of scripture, and if they couldn't find a command in the Tanukh, which is, which is the Torah, the Nevim, and the Ketuvim, it was completely dismissed, and they didn't look at it anymore. The Pharisees believed in the resurrection, the afterlife, and the appropriate reward or punishment per individual, where the Sadducees rejected the resurrection and believed souls perished at death. The Pharisees believed in angels, demons, and the spirit realm. The Sadducees rejected the unseen and spirit, and spirit realm. Here's a fun fact, not really fun, more sad than anything, that 60% of American Christians also reject the unseen and spiritual realm, do not believe that it is, that it is anything of worth. Um, the Pharisees, they were more representative of the common people having the respect of the masses. The Sadducees were more social elitist and aristocratic. The Pharisees often resisted Rome. The Sadducees were more friendly with Rome. The Pharisees watched Jesus closely, while the Sadducees ignored Jesus until fear of unwanted attention and upset to the status quo set in. The one thing that they all unified on was to be sure to see that Jesus be crucified. So these rule, these rule guys, again, they, they, they started learning the Torah at a very early age. They continued to be learners of the Torah, the law. They became teachers of the Torah, the law. They memorized all 613 rules of Torah, the law, aided in enforcing all 613 rules of Torah, the law. I think we can call them the spiritual bosses or the spiritual police of their time. So equivalently speaking, even now, we, we have religion and religious police, even, even in the church, not just outside the church. And these are the ones that tell us that we must abide by all 613 rules and regulations in order to see God and to be favorable in his sight. These, these spiritual bosses or spiritual police are always about outward appearances, always portraying a good image, Always looking good on social media. You know, the perfect picture on Instagram and Facebook. Posting the perfect quote with scripture. Expressing their opinion as if it was scripture when it's not. You know, it's funny because social media, so, so many of us, if, we, if we're not, maybe we have been or maybe we still are, so sucked into it that... We believe that what we see and read is true. When actually, you go to Instagram and boy, everybody's got a perfect face, perfect body, perfect hair. Oof. Guess what? For $49.99 tonight, plus shipping and handling, I can sell that to you. I can give you your perfect body, your perfect face, your perfect hair, and possibly maybe your perfect family. But it would be all a lie because it's only through filters. You know, it's all, it's just, it's made up. So 
earlier this week when I was when I was making this lesson, I had come across the fact that 90% of everything on social media is not the whole truth. Meaning that, well, it's fake, which means it's a lie. Today I, I heard that um, last week Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook has decided to rename Facebook to Meta. Has anybody heard this? Okay. So Meta is basically him wanting um, a metaverse, and he says it's an, it's an embodied internet. And what, what's it, it's intended to do is to, to interact with the Oculus, which is the, the eye headset, um, to the internet in virtual space. So he's wanting the world now to interact in virtual reality, which if anybody has any sense of their brain, virtual reality is not reality at all. It's all, it's all the imagination. So this, if anybody has heard of the game called Second Life, Second Life is a virtual reality game where you um, are looking at a screen and you become an avatar and you are able to um, interact with other people that are also acting as avatars and now this becomes the reality, the avatar, which is not reality. Hello. Um, so the, the, the modem operandi of Mark Zuckerberg right now is, you know, how, how much can we just interact without interacting? You know, call it AI, you know, call it, you know, further, further destruction of, you know, relationships, friendships, interaction of human to humans. So, um, so, so social media is not the whole truth, just like the Pharisees and Sadducees were not the whole truth. And in Matthew 23, Jesus makes clear the woes to the Pharisees. And as we read down to verse 27 and 28, it's, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you're full of hypocrisy and, law and lawlessness. Jesus doesn't want fake. Jesus wants the real us. So, so what's the real us? Our heart is our real us. In Matthew 20 or Matthew 12, 34 and 35, Jesus says this, for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. A good man out of the treasures of his heart brings good brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasures brings forth evil things. So you, you need to know that, that our heart is a soil in which everything we see is grown. Our heart produces the things that come out of our life, and our words and our actions are always rooted in our heart, whether good or evil. 
So as, as we read, I have got um, scripture, scripture papers out. So we're going to look at Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. If whoever has that card could, could read that. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through the Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend what the same, with all the saints, what is the width and length and the depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So what 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 do you get out of that? In regards in regards to our heart is a, is God's dwelling place. just as Christ loved us and by loving then we our hearts grow and becomes able to understand the depth of, of Christ's love for us God's love for us yeah so so would it be safe to say that that God wants his one of his greatest desires is to dwell in us to have his dwelling place in us Okay, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. I've got it. Okay, then. <laughs> oh, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. So what does that say to you? That it is good that I eat a lot of peanut butter and jelly. Uh, that it's good that I like Pop-Tarts. Uh, no. And what, what it really, uh, I guess what it speaks to me is that basically um, I have to realize that... Uh, um, my flesh is just a carrier of what's inside that has been basically given to God. So it's up to me to take care of what is inside of me and what is also inside of me. There's, there's, I guess there's, uh, there's two responsibilities. Number one is to take care of myself physically, and then secondly to remember that uh, I'm supposed to take care of myself spiritually, but that's not all on me. That's allowing the Lord to work upon me. Yes. Okay. Is that fair, Mrs. Hill? Yes. <laughs> that is good. That is good. Yes. I, it's, 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 it's another reminder that, that God desires to, to rest in us and to fill us, and to fill us to overflowing so that, that we can, that we can be him to to the masses, to to the saved and to the unsaved, so that we can show his love and show his truth. So um, let's look at purity. 
Romans 5, 1 through 6. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into his grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Okay, so, so this kind of purity we'll call positional purity, and this is the purity that was given to us because of what Jesus did for us. But there's another kind of purity, I, I believe, and that's Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Okay. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a, a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. Okay, so this, this I will call practical uh, purity. And this is the purity that we operate in, the way that we live our lives. And we can only do this with Jesus. And when we try without Jesus, we tend to, to focus so much on the things of what we see instead of looking to Jesus to know what he sees. And, and in verse 2 of Hebrews 12, it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. And I believe that that um, is the same fixing your eyes, the same sea of knowing, you know, to, to know rather than to just to observe or, or watch or inspect. Um, you know, kind of, like, kind of like when you have someone you love, like your husband or your wife, and you look at them, and there's a knowing, because it is, it is a seeing that you see through, through the glasses of love, and it's, it's, a seeing and knowing emotionally and spiritually, whether it's with your husband or your wife or your child or a close friend or a brother or a sister, that this is the kind of fixing our eyes and seeing that this, this scripture is talking about. So as we continue, what does, spirit, what does practical purity look like? The word pure means whole, 1%, not diluted. So practical purity looks like integrity. What's integrity? Integrity is the quality or condition of being whole. C.S. Lewis says, integrity is doing what is right even when no one is watching. So it's the being the same in a group or alone and being consistent and being real. So some ideas of being pure in heart. This is not, these are not exhaustive lists, 
But pure in heart would be being sincere, being transparent, having no deceit, no trickery, no fakeness, no hypocrisy, having the fruit of the Spirit, and what you see is what you get. An impure heart would be having ignorance, has no need, being complacent, having unbelief, covetousness, being angry unto sin, having pride, lying, cheating, being jealous, and being envious. So being, if, if you look that at the pure in heart list, we can, we can, most of us can probably say, yeah, that's not too hard of a list, but we don't hit it every single time in everything, every single circumstance and situation. And what we need to know about blessed are the pure in heart is that God isn't asking us for perfection because he knows that we can't, that we can't do that, that we aren't, that we still live in a flesh body and we still have a sinful nature that only through his strength can we, can we get past and can we work through? So it's not about perfection, but it's about direction. You know, life struggles are real, but God never intended us to walk alone. And, and when I say it's about direction, it's, it's, here we go back to that seeing thing. It's like, what are, what are we looking at? What direction are we looking? Are we, are we looking, you know, at, at things that we think that we can and should be able to do all alone, or are we looking to the Father for help to get things to get things done? Sometimes just the simplest things in our life. So, a few questions. Ask yourself: Am I trying to do things with purity by God's grace? Am I being intentional in word and action to do what pleases God because I need Him? And third, do I know God? And those are all pretty. Those are all pretty big questions, even, even when I ask them for myself. It's, it's really taking inventory on, on who you are, where your priorities are, and really what you believe to be true in regards to the Word and to our God. So how do we live in, in pure in heart during chaotic times? We can look at Jesus' example because we know that when Jesus came on the scene, things were incredibly chaotic, politically, socially, and religiously, when Jesus, when Jesus started his ministry. And as we look at his example, we, we see that we need a relationship with him just like he has with the Father. And in John 5, 19 through 20, it, it talks about Jesus does what he sees the Father doing because the Father loves the Son, and He shows the Son all things that He is doing. And that's, that's exactly what we need as the direction of our life. So, um, so practically speaking, um, who has Philippians 4.8? Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think of such things. Yes. So what are what are you allowing to influence your life? 
your thoughts. There's so much around. Social media, for one, oof. That can, that can, that can take you down from having a real happy day to really not. Um, Matthew 6, 22 to 24. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If, the, if then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Okay. So what are what are we allowing our eyes to see? What are we what are we watching on TV? What are we going to the movies to see? What are we reading? You know? What what pictures are we looking at? You know, and, and are they pleasing to God? And are they full of life or are they full of death? You know, here here it says, you know, our eyes are a lamp, you know, to to our bodies, you know, and whatever whatever we look through our eyes, our eyes are like are like a window to us to our soul. Many of us have heard that said, you know. Oh well, you know, you can you can look at a person and you can almost read them. Sometimes you can absolutely read them, especially if you have the Holy Spirit. You a lot of times you can just look at somebody's eyes and you can you know if they have the light in them or if they do not. So, so. We need to be careful. We need to be careful about what, what we are allowing to influence our thoughts and our actions, and we need to be careful about what we allow our eyes to see. Secondly, we need to be accountable. Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Okay, so do you have accountability in your life? Is there someone you know and trust well enough that is willing to call you out when you're doing it wrong? Someone you wouldn't unfriend on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter because they tell you the hard truth when you don't want to hear it. Does anybody have anybody like that? Well, vice versa. (laughs) So, but but to be accountable, you know the the word the word talks about being accountable and being our brother's keeper, and and even as we saw like last week, you know that if we see our brother sinning, if we don't say anything and we just let them go about their business and and sin, when. When it's all said and done, if we haven't said anything and we let them go on, we get judged for it. And everything that we did that was good and right before that means absolutely nothing. Absolutely. That's, that's a bust, you guys. That's a big bust. Because who doesn't want to be recognized and, and get a little bit of credit for the good things that they do? I think we all do. So, so we need... we. Accountability is good, even though sometimes it hurts and it's uncomfortable and we don't want to listen. And sometimes we might even kick and scream and be not nice back until we let the Holy Spirit then reiterate, hey, they were right and you need to adjust. 
So third, we need to be consistent. We need to be the same at church, school, work as we are at home. And we need to ask ourselves, is what I'm aligning myself with publicly in conversation and social media the same as I am privately? And we need to let our yes be yes and our no be no. Matthew 5.37 says... Just saying a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this form, beyond this from, is from evil. Can you read that just a little louder? I'm sorry. That's okay. That's right. <laughs> just saying a simple yes, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. Okay. So that's, let your word be your word. You know, if you say something, then, then be consistent in, in doing that. If... If you, if you portray to be something or someone, be consistent in that. Does anybody have anybody that they know that is consistent in their words and their actions? I'm sure some of us do. I know I do. This guy here. He is, he is the most consistent person for 31 years that I have ever known in my life. Both emotionally, spiritually, actions, what you see here, God love him, he is the same at home. <laughs> the funny jokes and everything. Always a funny joke. <laughs> Sometimes too much. <laughs> no, it's, it's good. It's good. Okay, fourth, we need to be courageous. Do you call out what is wrong and encourage what is right? So, so many times, again, going back to social media, because that seems to be the forefront of many of our lives, when we see something on, on social media that is, that is horribly wrong, do we just scan past it? Do we delete it? Or do we maybe not publicly shame a person, but maybe message a person privately and say, hey, have you thought about this? And, and, and shine some truth on what they have what they have posted. Something to think about. I know in the past I would just slide right by. I'm like, eh, I'm not even dealing with it. Nope, not touching that. When when that lines back up with if you see your brother mm -hmm. sinning and you say nothing. You know, where does that leave us? Four or fifth Matthew 12, 24. That'd be 34. 34. 34. Yes. <laughs> this, one, this one really convinced me. Um, you brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? Or out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I, when I read that verse, it always reminds me of how I like to cover up my wrongs. Um, I use excuses like, I can't believe I said that. And Jesus stands at the door of my heart and says, I can't. <laughs> well, I'll say something like, well, that's just not like me. Yeah. And then he stands at the door of my heart and says, well, yeah, it is. It's just like me. Wow. Yeah. These things come out of the heart, man. Yes. We have to do heart work. Yes. Not, not so much mouth work, but heart work. Yes, absolutely. That's where it comes from. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for giving me that verse. It was God. pursue God. We need a relationship with God. Because to know God is to see God. 
So, so the extent of the blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. Our, our heart is pure by looking to Jesus and, and wanting to mimic his, mimic his actions, mimic his words, mimic his truth, and, and be, putting him on and being him when people see us, they don't see Angie, rather they see the love of Jesus. And, and the only way that Angie can show anybody the love of Jesus is I have to know Jesus. If I don't know Jesus, I can't show you anything about Jesus. If I don't, if I don't love Tom and know Tom, I can't really tell you anything true about Tom. But I love Tom and I know Tom <laughs> 31 years. I can tell you a lot about Tom. And it's all good. Ah, you're welcome. <laughs> can I have a ride home? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks, Mark, for it's yes. all. So, so, the pure, the pure in heart, they shall see God. And the beauty, the beauty in, as we, as we stair step through these, these um, beatitudes, is that we realize that the Beatitudes have been put in order for a reason. That there, that there always is a starting point. There has to be a starting point, just like there's a starting point in, in a friendship, just like there's a starting point in a marital relationship. There's always a starting point with our relationship with Jesus. So this step is realizing that seeing to, to being pure in heart is indeed seeing God and knowing God is seeing God does anybody have anything that they would like to add this uh, verse here reminds me of Psalms 51 where David Psalm uh, right after Bathsheba and, and that and it's starting in uh, verse 10 it says um, in verse 9 it says hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities and create in me a clean heart O God and renew a steadfast spirit within me cast me not away from your presence yes. take your Holy Spirit not from me restore to me the joy of your salvation and that it it's kind of it's that same exact thing that is going on this is almost a, like a direct tie to this Matthew passage here because it's like the the very things that can take us away from the purity of heart where David's going back here is God, I can't do this from a personal thing. This is only something that you create in me. Right. This is only something that you do to me, to my heart. Cleanse it, purify it, bring holiness to it. And it's only through that relationship, like you were saying, with the dwelling part of it. It's only through dwelling, having God, Holy Spirit, dwell in us that we have, that actually happens. And so the... The presence of God has to be there, and the Holy Spirit has to be there because only through that can the cleansing take place, can the purification yes. take place. 
and creating that pure heart in our lives. And, and to look at it, then also, from David's perspective here, is here he's actually done two of the worst things that you can actually do. Adultery and murder. Yeah. And here he is, he's asking for that forgiveness and that purification process. So there's nothing that we can do right. that takes us too far away from that aspect of it. Yes. As long as we say, God, help purify from our heart. Yes. So again, it goes back to, it's not about perfection. It's about the direction of our gaze. Do we look at ourselves, or do we look to God? Do we look to the Holy Spirit to, to aid us in, in doing things the right way, even after we royally mess it up? You know, and, and the beautiful thing about the story of David's life is that um, many times God even said that he was a man after his own heart. And yet he wasn't a perfect man, but still he... He ran after God. He chased after God. He needed God. He wanted to know God. And in, in everything he did, even after he, he made mistakes throughout his life, even when, you know, some of his sons were coming after him and, you know, trying to take the throne and, and doing really stupid things, he still chased after God and asked for God for him to help. And, and, I, I have to believe that when you know somebody and you you exchange a love with somebody that you can count on them always you can count on them for help whether it's a good time or bad time you can always count on them for help and so having a relationship with Jesus it's the same we can always count on him to help and we can always count on him to be quick to forgive us and then forget our sin as quickly as he forgave us. And that's, that's, that's salvation at its beauty. So, anybody else? Nothing? All right. All right. Well, um, before we go, since, since I, I, wrapped it up quickly um, I would like to spend some time in prayer not just not just for um, the needs but that um, that we would have that we would have better relationships with Holy Spirit that we would be able to be more sensitive to his movement and to his voice um, that that we would have his help to keep our eyes on him in the easy times and the bad times.